Welcome to the International Career Couples Podcast. This is your host, Kate Galloway. As an expat and now a repat and a coach, I hope this podcast helps expat couples who want to align and grow both their careers. Drawing from the experience of international career couples and experts, we aim to explore how expat couples can work as a team to understand and balance their personal and professional goals while living on the move. Hello and welcome to this episode of the International Career Couples podcast. Today I'm so pleased to be speaking to Gertrude Erga. Gertrude has lived and worked in HR leadership roles in various different countries, including Ethiopia and Jamaica. She has studied leadership across cultures, worked with executives and NGOs, created global programs for the most challenged among us. She helps leaders to find answers to two questions that are really interesting, actually. How can I create more magic in my life and find ease while working nonstop? And how can I handle all the messy parts of being a leader? Today, we're going to get into when an expat couple is, I suppose, led by a female lead. It's very much the area that she specialised within and to look at how we work as a team um, whilst one person is leading the expat couple. Um, We're also going to get into what we do in the home to try and make that team come together. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, so we're recording now. It's lovely to see you. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I've done a little bit of an intro before we started, but I would love it if you would like to say hello, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you're all about. And then we can get into the topic for the session today. Yes. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Kate. I'm really excited. Um, my name is Gertrude Erega. I'm, um, I call myself a global nomad. Uh, it's, yeah, a combination of, um, a career in recruiting, actually. And then a couple of years ago, um, moving, uh, to Ethiopia and to Jamaica and, um, really growing a portable business from there. So ever since, um, I've, founded my company it's called uh, create your move Mm. so i'm supporting um especially women when they move their career uh most of the time very complex change so another country another job sometimes even um with another family challenge on top and i create a space to really double down on strategy in this moving time and to have a space for you to um yeah, work on what do you really need to to have your most successful first months in your new job, but also what do you need for yourself, and also what do you need for um for for your family for your support system. So um, yeah, this is me. I'm also still uh, working in the headhunting industry. I'm a partner manager for Talentor International, creating a global community of executive searches. And I'm also a mom of two wild and adventurous girls. So they are, um, yeah, they, they already juggle a lot how I see the world and also how I would love the future actually to have, um, yeah, careers for, for everyone. And, um, I'm very curious where their paths will go, but to reduce a lot of bias and to help very strong women go their way. That's been really the the main focus of all the work of the last years. And yeah, very recently, uh, this year, I've been launching two retreats where we literally 
for the first time after COVID also create a space in the vineyards and um, now in autumn in the castle where we rest and um, take time for our personal career and uh, life strategies. Mm, okay, so busy, lots going on. Um, and I'll ask you to say a little bit more about those retreats when we get to the end of the podcast. Um, I wish they were happening in Scotland. We've got castles in Scotland as well, if you ever want to come visit and do a <laughs> retreat here um, as well. Really interesting. And I suppose what we, we discussed with each other is that it would be quite interesting to take this from the female angle. So although the podcast is all about international career couples, what we know is that oftentimes there will be a lead expat. Um, and what we mean by that is somebody whose career you're following in that particular um, that particular season of life for that particular assignment. It might be that the, the female of the partner is had the tap on the shoulder first and then it's about how do we manage this together as a couple but we thought that it would be quite interesting to take it from that female lead expat because that's kind of the work that you've been doing um you spoke there about biases and sort of things that might change and strategies in your first month and I, I wonder if you might elaborate a little bit more around the challenges that you're seeing for people that are are moving abroad Yeah, what I see when I work, especially with a woman who is um, going on an international assignment or really chose, hey, I want to take my career international, I want to move abroad, uh, we should not forget the journey she had already in her own company many, many times. Because um, what we see also from research is that there is much more bias also connected to women actually um, being assigned to international assignments, um, breaking that glass ceiling, what we always talk about. It always almost feels there is a second glass ceiling when it comes to international assignments because in the companies, um, many times how do we um, see our talent that we want to send abroad? It is a lot of times through mentorships, um, through um, people that are curated from from the leadership team and then they are asked, hey, do you want to lead this subsidiary in Malaysia? Many times um, it's really like the, the top people, but many times um, there is a bias. Okay, should we ask her? She has a family or even also like she might have like a family planning uh, around the corner. Uh, is she the best fit for this role? There might be a lot of bias. And in some organizations, they already broke down the bias. Um, but what we see is that there is still, um, it was around like 25% of, of experts being abroad are women, the rest very traditional um, men. So what I always see is already the journey most of the time the, the women were on. And especially when they come from a technical field, so always choosing a very different path than the rest of the world kind of like was, was curating. So most of the time, very courageous women um, really asking for what they wanted. And also um, they always had very strong mentorships as well that they many times built really themselves in the organization. And many times they brought it up um, on the... Uh, to the to the uh, performance discussions that they want to go abroad, actually. So what I see is just with women that there needs to be much more activity and really um, activism on your own behalf mm -hmm. if you want to go abroad. 
Yeah. Wow, that's so um, so interesting in terms of how you're sort of describing how somebody gets themselves even into the conversation um, around that. Well, you said that, that um, there's certain companies that have already broken that second glass ceiling. I, I won't ask you to name names unless you particularly feel that it's important to. But what are you seeing as the good practices within organisations that allow those conversations to happen, perhaps without somebody having to, you know, have the mentor, be courageous, bring it up first? Um, I feel the secret to success for the companies as well is to, to see the international assignment as actually as a business case as well and as a family case. One, it's, it's a business case. You know, we send a talent um, to, for a particular project and we need to do everything to make this person successful because the entire cost of this move is high. And also the cost of failure is well, very high. So there need to be certain support systems for, for, this, uh, for, the, for the expat. Would it be personal coaching? Would it be really a language training? Would it be um, constant mentorship also through the headquarters? Um, it can come in various forms. And it, of course, also comes with the traditional full moving package of, okay, let's have a hustle-free move. Uh, let's have a really good house. It's important to really feel home when you're home and not to be in a like cheap apartment. Um, yeah, whatever it is, all those like um, like really the insurance package and all that, the tax package around. I think that's more of, okay, this really needs to be ticked. It's more basic. But then also, what do we do to set up this person for success? And then also not to forget the family because when we come with family, uh, successful companies, they do invest in a partner program. So there is funds, um, there is access to um, career coaching or even to fund um, if the partner wants to um, set up a business. There is funding there because they realize um, that the couple, uh, both actually both really um, should pursue a career. It can be a career step up for for the entire couple moving if if it's a couple moving so we really see it as a very holistic i would say business case but successful companies they really got it and what they also got is to um to create solutions so to create solutions for a young mom even moving and taking on uh, a role after just a few months um to see <clears throat> okay is this a location where we have the child care support? Um, how can we support that as well? So to really always think about that, um, how does a successful support system look like for the, for the expat? Not only kind of like sending the expat there, deliver, and the rest will follow, uh, but it is very important to, to see really um, the entire family actually moving and to see also the entire family being supported in that move. Mm -hmm. absolutely and so within all of that with the clients that you're working with what do you what did what are the biggest challenges that you find people grappling with you, you spoke about you know creating a space to strategize for that you know getting there and having a successful first month so what sort of things are you talking about yeah what's so interesting is when we move abroad and in a new job um, it is 
every one of us knows this curve of emotions we go through when we move, right? We have the honeymoon phase, then we go down after two, three months, we go into um, culture shock phase and we wake up and we're like, oh my God, what did we do? Um, and then after a while we adapt because we find very... Yeah, we find our rhythm, we find our rituals, we find our our team as well. And when we move into a new job, the first three months do not allow for a culture shock and they do not allow for emotional going down because it's like the first three months you're really there, you connect to your boss, you connect to your team, to your team, you connect to to the bigger mission the company's on, but it's almost like you really need to deliver and you need to be very present. Mm -hmm. So this collides. And what I've seen with uh, everyone I'm working with is there is, especially those first months, they are so stressful. You feel a lot of pressure because um, you're new to this role, you're new to the country, you're new to the culture. There are a lot of moments where you don't really grasp what is going on. And your task is to create trust. Your task is also to really understand and, and, and ask and really understand the context and also to understand the legacy of what you're building on. And many times those are, I would say, the, the big traps. I would say like three big traps that we can really, mm, I would say, like make it very make it even harder than it should be at the beginning. One is that you rush with your agenda and you just want to get your your task from the headquarter done and you're not really connecting with your team. So this will be very hard later on in the assignment, actually. The second one is that you completely overcommit and you forget any self-care. You do not do any anything for yourself uh, and you do not rest at all. So that also, it's very high uh, risk, actually, that lead in burnout later on in the assignment. Because most of the time, experts, they, they are really, really resilient. You can run at very high batteries very long, but after a while, it really um, pays. Like, it, it's kind of like it, it pushes back to you. And then number three is, I think, that you forget... The, the legacy you're building on. You forget to really understand, okay, what, what have the team, what has the team already built? What was a success before? And where do we go? Do we, we need any vision or anything uh, that is more clear? Why are you here? And what do you want to do together with the team? Mm -hmm. So I think that's really, and that's really like very important at the beginning of the new assignment. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And What's interesting to me, it, it sounds as though actually what needs to happen or the ideal is the ability to stand back, absorb, take in, um, you know, because in all of those things that you've spoken about there, there's cultural aspects that will feel confusing and um, all be going on. But that ability to sort of take stock of what's going on before you jump into everything would be helpful. Yeah, I would say helpful, and it's 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 a success factor. And if mm -hmm. we do not do that, we find out very late in the process and very late in in the assignment. And this particular the first months they determine your success. 
you build the trust, you build the first impressions, you build the commitments in this first time. The first year is in the assignment is, is kind of like you going through this, like the adaptation process, um, but you build a foundation at the beginning. And then after almost like a year, usually you feel home, you feel home in your job, you feel home where you are, you have your ordinary life, you have your barbecues and everything back. And then you have this very strong second year where you are really there and you are fully, you, you're really fully immersed in the culture, you're fully immersed in the team and you really get a lot of change going because many times after like then the second year, year three, four, five, you already move or think about the next move. So mm -hmm. this is also why as experts we enable change so fast because we're almost always in this like short cycles where we need to deliver change and where we can also get a lot of change going. But it also means we need to really take very good care of ourselves because we need a lot of energy to do that work. Mm -hmm. What would you um, what would you see as self care in those first few months? And I, I so I think we can talk about about the individual here, but the next question will be about what do we need to do as the team? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that comes in many forms. Important is that you bring it to your to do list very proactively because your to do list when you move is find a house, get a car running. Um, and then there comes the company to-do list, do this, 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 this. And, and it's very easy that your whatever really, you know, serves you and you love, your running, being in nature, your yoga or your whatever it is. Maybe it is you love to sew and you really make sure you bring the sewing machine because you love it so much. And it would never cross your mind to do that because would just pack it and after months you get all your stuff but you really make sure you have those things also with you that you need for really taking a rest and it's very very difficult at the beginning but it also it's your greatest investment to to also be able to absorb all these new experiences and new people in your life and to also be very present because what I see, especially with many, many experts, is that many times we live in the future. We, we are already, we are in this assignment, but our brain is already, ah, this might be the last assignment, then we go home. Or this is the last assignment before retiring. Or this is the last assignment before I want to have kids. And then our brain is already in the future. And... And we miss out on connections and we are only like 70% of us is, is where we are right now. So yeah. to make sure, get your 100% there and um, also, yeah, be, be more flexible in, in that way. Like give yourself also the time to, to really immerse there and see it for this time, see it as your home. I think that's very important. Yeah, it's a real... Um skill and a balance to be able to find it's it's making me think when on our um when we were in houston i was probably caught in permanence actually so for me it was very much around how do we build a lifestyle here how do we i forgot about the fact that we'd move on that we'd only signed up for two two three years um and that the change would come so i probably missed the piece of how will I make the biggest impact for me 
career-wise for me independently out you know sort of my myself and my identity although I did a lot but I didn't realize at the time that realized why I was doing it and then for us as a, a couple what would be the optimum use of this time I was kind of captured in how do we how do we make this home which is different to view it as your home and feel that it's your home I was really kind of invested in and then as we got there we left and I didn't make that say I didn't go into the the next time that we moved in the same way um although it was important to feel at home I wasn't kind of like I knew that we were only there for a period of time I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that in terms of my experience of getting caught in permanence yeah that's actually very interesting I feel that's exactly like one conversation that is very very powerful that is happening as a family if you move with the family at the beginning of the assignment to ask mm. yourself okay what should happen or how should we create it that it's home for all of us and that we all leave without regret regrets regrets mm. <laughs> without regrets so when we leave and even after one and a half years we might leave What needs to to happen that we leave without regrets? Yeah. And mm. um, and that played also with also the the patience that feeling home it takes time. Like it's always this first year that that you go through and you you also you really go through all these emotions and you you need to. I feel. Um, kind of like what I see is almost like uh, different. How would how would I say? In the expert world, it's like I see a lot of expats kind of like really knocking it down. Like, okay, this assignment, then we move on. Okay, like this is maybe a hard country. Also here in Austria, very hard to integrate at a short term um, the language barrier. So. Let's stay in the in the bubble, and maybe if someone something better comes up, let's move on. Kind of like more see it as okay, let's let's go through it, <laughs> let's push mm. it through. And the other way of of living this life, and I feel it comes also with a lot of more vulnerability, a lot of with way more emotions. Is okay, let's create your home and let's see it as a little bit permanent, two, three years, four years, five years. Um, but also let's teach even our kids, you know, that it's very important to celebrate farewells and to, to get friends here and they might not be in your life forever physically, but you might create connections. They stay longer. And if not, it's also okay, but to even, um, teach that to our kids as well and to, uh, to be very transparent and to, but also to really, um, Yeah, to to immerse where you are, kind of mm -hmm. like really to to believe in 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 your goals at work and to to not see it as short term. You know, it's kind of like it's a it's a curse and a blessing. The blessing of the short term assignment, or if you're there three years, is that you really try to push change. You really want to get your goals delivered because you're only there for a certain time. And the, the curse is that you are not 100% invested in the 
let's say, the, the 10-year vision of the company, for example, mm -hmm. or you're not 100% invested in, okay, let me really understand what they were all going through. Let me understand what I'm building, what, what, is, what I said before, the legacy I'm building my work on. But that is very important. Otherwise, you, you never connect to your team 100%. They will never 100%, you know, be with you and, and actually execute the change that you want to see. And I think that's really, that's a skill or a mindset also that it's very, very powerful to, to cultivate and to, to work with that. Yeah. Raised some really interesting points there. And, and what's really coming across to me is to have that balance, not just in, in the workplace, but you know, if you've had that conversation at home and everybody sort of understands what they're there to do, as it were, you know, there's a, a plan, it's part of a plan. Um, you understand the reason for being, that that means that everything that you're doing in the workplace falls into that. And I, I'm really always interested when there's two careers going on, two people have made the move. Maybe one person is a couple of months behind moving into that new new career space or you've done it at the same time but you're both working on the old legacy you're both working on different cultures you're both you know so that that's happening within two heads and two bodies that are then coming back to the family home and I'm, I'm wondering if you've got any thoughts around what helps when you're both going because it's quite unusual actually for you to both to go through a career transition at the same time people domestically don't usually have that going on so it's to me it's kind of a, a uniqueness of the international career couple yeah yeah and what i see is also it is very unusual that when one is moving into a new career in a new country a lot of times there is the second partner um cutting back on the on on his career in this case so the entire move is also managed. I feel what really, if both move simultaneously in a new culture, in a new country, in a new role, what really needs to happen is that you have very strong agreements and very, very powerful discussions at home. How do you manage the move? Who is doing what? How can you share also the work of the move? Because what I've heard of... Um, woman leaders moving alone was that the company didn't even realize that if she's not with a family in a very traditional expert uh, context it's like him moving and then there is the wife doing all the move so you never feel it as a company right there is a lot of like hidden work behind an international move and so if the woman moves alone uh, actually, on the company side, we need uh, people understanding the work that comes with that move. The, yeah, the, the boxes, the new apartment, whatever, all this administration. And the more we can support here, especially at an executive level, um, women tend to do everything at uh, very high levels. Um, but it also comes at a cost because... As I said, the first months, they are so important. We really need to make sure that we can support as much also from the company side. And if we know it's, a fa it's, it's someone alone and there is no family in the background who could handle all this, we need to find ways to, to really cut out time for the move, actually. 
And it mm -hmm. might sound completely rebellious, but yes, we might really say, hey, um, in the first time, let's have your, your Friday morning off and you can do all the administration you need to do here in this country. And you can do this and this and this. So you're not working every day until 2 a.m. in the morning. And in the end, you will be very tired and exhausted after five months. So kind of like a very realistic picture of also of what is the messy side of the move, kind of like, and there is a lot of work and a lot of administration also behind and we're not talking about the emotional side here yeah. so it's literally like the work that is um that comes along yeah and usually you never see that on instagram or on linkedin you only see very shining pictures um but there is a really a lot of like yeah work that you do then as a couple as a team as well yeah absolutely they one of um the very early workshops or focus groups that I did when I was doing this work was with a group of um it was ladies actually and it was cathartic for them to talk about those first couple of months everybody wanted to share their story and when they left they said it's actually been really good to share that because it'd been hidden and it'd been traumatic it's that like, you know it, it was a traumatic experience in some cases just not understanding what needed to happen, when, why, how, and who was there to support them. What's interesting for me from the international career couple perspective, maybe you're not both doing it at the same time, but you use the word, you know, make sure you've got strong agreements because if all of a sudden one of your, you know, one of the jobs is you will go and do the visa admin and I'm going to be at work getting into my new role and you'll get into that later on. It's a complete shift of identities a complete shift of what's going on within that unit. Um, so to have those strong agreements in place and to understand who's doing it, how they're going to do it, is there company support? If not, what support can we put in place? Uh, because it's so true, there's a huge amount of hidden work when you come mm -hmm. to move abroad, which if it's your first time, you don't realise. Yeah. And I think the message to companies is that there is not like... You can't give too much support, kind of like yeah. think about really tiny details, and um, and it is also gestures like uh, yeah, having really the team prepared for the first day and and creating like an experience on the first day for this person, um, and then also not forgetting about the family, having them invited, sharing bits and pieces of your culture. Um, and as I said, supporting with those really very nasty things that really need to be set up to to be fully able to to do the work how you want to do it with all your compassion, and um, and then actually it is yeah it's it's really a setup when you when you remind yourself to take good care of yourself then to really connect with the team and be curious, try to understand the culture, try to really understand also where they are coming from and also, and also form a very strong alliance with your boss. I think those three, th three really priorities, they help you a lot in, in this very crucial time. And also not forgetting it's the first time of moving. It's, it's called honeymoon and it's called for a reason honeymoon. So you enjoy all these moments and you find a new coffee place and you, you try to escape your to-do list a couple of times. So you already create a couple of like vacation vacation moments and they fill you up then for, for the next time and space. 
But I feel that intention to really also be connected to the local culture, to find friends there, um, even in countries where it's not so easy, that intention is, is usually is always paying back because yeah. people feel when you're very present there and, and you're very invested also in, in that location and in the people. Yeah. I feel like you shared so many hints and tips. And what I've loved about our conversation is that you've been able to touch on not just the individual, the family unit and the couple, but you've also given some quite clear calls to action in terms of what companies can do what the individual teams can do yeah um, and that it's I think not we really go from kind of like ticking a checklist or basic needs we go into creating an experience and creating an experience not only for the expert but for the entire family so they are so bought into this company and the the place where they are and they feel they are really welcomed I feel that's really the the international company culture that is very unique and also it's almost it's not so hard to rebuild that you know you're not so easy replaceable as an employer um, to if you if you create this culture and if if you see and you can bridge that you take care of your international people and you also take good care of course your local people you bridge that then you have a very strong culture where talents usually very yeah they they love to be in yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We've already run over time because um, we've had so much to talk about. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared. Uh, and Moving away slightly, but still linked because you spoke a lot about self-care. Would you like to tell us a little bit about the retreat and kind of what people, where people can find you um, if they're interested in finding out more about working with you? Yeah, would love to. So you find my website online. It's gertrudeerica.com. Uh, if you're close to Austria or you want to travel uh, to Austria on October uh, 6-7, uh, I'm hosting, it's called Uptreat. Uh, it is very consciously chosen word. It is an empowering and very uplifting space for about um, a group of, of, of 10 of us. We host um, two days in a castle and it will be all about um, finding... Uh, like your answers how you want to rest how do you integrate rest in your life and um, how do you also you know get a little bit courageous uh, we will work with dance we will work with journaling as I said before in a very beautiful environment and very interesting people uh, that have chosen very different paths in life so this is really a space where where you kind of like you you cocoon before a big and bold move, it might be before you get your, your second child or before you take on a big uh, new job or maybe you've just moved uh, to another country and you want to understand for yourself much better what is rest, how does it look like um, and finding some, some inspiring answers. Uh, that are within you where your journey and path will guide you. And I'm creating it actually together with Xin Wei Tan. She's also been uh, a global nomad and lived in China for very long. So it's a lot of like woman power. Um, yeah, of us in the organization team. We are very excited for that. Yeah, it sounds absolutely beautiful. And following on that theme of self-care and what I loved about what you said there is about finding it within you, what, what you need on your journey and on your path as well. So, and people can find out about that on the website. 
Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah it will be released uh, end of next week, so um, early July, and then registration is open. So we are very happy and we are very curious who we will welcome. And it is open for women and for men, so we are not um, only targeting uh, like a woman only group. Yeah. Okay. Sounds absolutely lovely. And I will share all of those details within the show notes, notes as well, so people can go and find out more. It's been an absolute joy to speak with you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Kate. Thank you for the invite. Well, we covered a lot of ground in 30 minutes there. What really came through to me is the balance that is required when you're an expat. And that's thinking about it from an individual perspective, because regardless of us talking about international career couples, there are individuals who are managing their individual career as part of that couple and as part of that family unit that's moving. So the questions around what should happen, how do we live without regrets, how do we create a home abroad, how do we think about those first, the first month, the first three months when we're in that new role to really hit those success factors, building strong alliances, making sure that self-care is right there on the to-do list, to be flexible, to be curious, to take in this kind of mindset of how do I immerse myself in this without just trying to go on with my own agenda and that there might be two of you doing that at the same time so how do you support your support each other through it so that one person doesn't end up with all of the admin uh, and that it's a shared task we also spoke about what organizations can do and how important it is vital it is that organizations are viewing this as a holistic i think that gertrude's wording there was a holistic business case and that you can't give too much support so to give some thought to it what can we do to really support people to be successful when they arrive absolutely vital so thank you to Gertrude for coming on the podcast I hope you enjoyed the listen